Hello, welcome back to another episode of my Inside Voice podcast. I am blissfully alone. Nobody is in the house. It is absolutely empty. I am at my favorite table doing my favorite things, looking outside one of my favorite windows and enjoying my favorite weather, which is sunny, windy, sunny, windy, gorgeous. I can hear the rustling of the leaves. The leaves are now turning color as fall has creeped its way into our lives. And it's beautiful because it feels so limitless. I love Mondays because they make me feel so limitless. Now that I've sort of embraced the feminine, the dark feminine chaos within, as the cold weather comes through, the idea of not knowing is really exciting. The idea of foregoing planning and just falling into the unknown, aka the fool style, um, if you're familiar with tarot, is really appealing and seems really beautiful. I swear, as soon as the weather that gets colder, as soon as this is a northern hemisphere, as soon as fall comes, it's like a a a switch flips in me. And to be honest, this whole summer was supposed to be about you know this masculine transformation for me, but it was more knowing that I am more feminine than I give myself credit for and my whole life I've been pushed in this masculine fighting warrior stance and I've had to do things that are so unnatural for me but I've had to do them because otherwise people wouldn't be here and I've unofficially taken on that responsibility but as of late I've been putting things down setting boundaries and feeling like I can let my femininity come through safely as I've activated my masculine within. And I, my last episode was sort of going through the masculine energy and within and activating it within and knowing that all of the conversations that I've had with my imaginary boyfriend or partner have, have been to stir up what has been dormant in me for such a long time and that is to sort of untangle what toxic masculinity means and what the masculine has represented to me within my life within me and how I can start to heal and therefore how the feminine heals as well with and along with the masculine and in my mind you can't have one without the other and that is what the lover's card means to me as well if you're familiar again with the tarot and i mentioned this last episode when you are when your masculine and your feminine are aligned under you know god the universe the powers that be that is true love and then so within so without the external manifestation i don't know anything about that's not my goal per se it's something that I want but it's something that I want to know how to fix from the inside out I want to sort of um 
heal from the inside out. And anyways, so I'm sort of basking in the glory between my masculine and my feminine and having that seamlessly just align and and knowing that I have all the answers. So that's kind of a little wrap up of what my last episode was about. It was really, really mind-blowing and really pushed me into this next phase of my life pretty well. And um, it's been nice ever since to recognize certain things within me that I was forced to do and then recognize power within me that I have access to that makes things just way better, makes life way better. And it has nothing to do with anyone else in my life. It's just sort of me. And that that to me summarizes being alone. That to me summarizes the best way to be alone, is to be aligned within. And... That makes me feel really happy. That makes me feel really joyful. And it makes me excited for what's to come, even though I have no idea what's going to come. I have no idea what's around the corner. I don't even know if there is a corner or a bend or a hill or a valley or a straight line or a curved road or whatever it is. I don't know what that is but I'm excited and grateful for it all and it wasn't always like this if you've listened to my last episodes and you've been with me from the beginning or maybe you just caught wind of it a few episodes ago or maybe this is your first episode I've never been like this before my stellium and Scorpio Capricorn um, don't allow for a lot of feminine chaos dream energy and they're very much what's the plan what can I do to make the plan execute plan do it properly do it perfectly make sure everybody around me is happy with it make sure that you know everybody gets what they need and want and all of that that's what Scorpio Capricorn Energies are darker, ambitious, more masculine, even though they're of the feminine elements, water and earth, they're very masculine in terms of the way that they come across in this material world. And that's kind of where this episode sort of begins, the idea of suffering. And suffering within a young woman is very much the sexiest thing in the world, right? We love a woman that suffers, that endures, that that goes through heartbreak and pain and sadness and emotional turmoil and wreckage and trauma. We love it because we can connect to it. We want our women to be low and slow and chaotic so we can control, relate, resonate, and then profit off of it we love that scenario we love that trajectory 
But as soon as a woman is confident, as soon as a woman is joyful, as soon as a woman doesn't feel that she needs to suffer anymore, go through any more pain or want to um, endure anymore, she's needs to be humbled really quickly, right? As soon as she owns her sexuality, she's a slut age old. As soon as she feels empowered to speak up, she's a bitch. As soon as she has an opinion or rejects certain ideas that society has on her body and her mind and her soul and what, and stops listening to that, she's hysterical. If she shows an emotion other than sensuality or oblivion or um, a, a, she's more nuanced than a little girl or refuses to go quietly in the night and fall in her grave, she's complicated. She's difficult. She needs to be put in her place. And we're not allowed to make mistakes. Women are not allowed to make mistakes. Women are not allowed to fuck up. Women are not allowed to show that they have a personality or that they're, they know, they don't fall in either a whore or a Madonna. They are way more complicated. They are way more difficult. And that's actually a good thing. That's actually showing their humanity, but we're not allowed to be human because we are sitting on a pedestal um, in this patriarchal society that just doesn't allow us to breathe. And the only way we can talk to the patriarchy and actually profit from the patriarchy, which is really difficult because the patriarchy is not made for us, is to either suffer or lie down and take it. And if we're actually in a state of joy that doesn't have to do with a man's approval or being with a man or having children, then that's where people get scared. That's where people start to put bans on our bodies. That's where people start to say that you need to give birth forcefully. The population is dwindling because women have finally figured out that we're actually really fucking unhappy when there's men around telling us what to do and dictating our lives. That maybe the the happiest statistically demographic in the world is the single unmarried woman with no children that maybe she doesn't have to suffer that maybe a little entitlement is actually really good that maybe she can get everything that she wants in the relationships that she wants being the woman that she is everything that she is and that's okay but it's not okay and I've talked a bit, talked about this at length, at nauseum, probably in each and every single one of my episodes um, on this podcast. But the suffering aspect, I want to kind of go in on a little bit because I find myself buying into the suffering as well. If I'm not suffering, then what am I really doing? If I don't, if something is not a reward as a result of going to war, then do I really deserve it? And Culturally, that's the culture that I'm in, the South Asian culture, the Indian culture, the Punjabi culture really loves to see a woman beg for her life and then just throw a bone to her. 
and watch her hungrily and desperately scavenge, 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 scavenge for what little autonomy that she can get. And then it can own that autonomy can only fall under certain parameters. Otherwise they will murder you. There was a Muslim woman that showed her hair a little bit outside of her job and she was actually proclaimed dead because they beat her so badly. And so we can only either be suffering and then if we have a little bit of happiness, we can only be happy and enjoy and live our lives within certain parameters. Otherwise, you know, death come upon you. This is your warning. If you don't, if you don't stick within the patriarchal parameters of what we've set out for you, good luck. Good luck seeing the next day. Good luck looking forward to the next hours of your life because they will not exist, quite literally. And this, the story that I told you about the Muslim woman right now, happened like today, a couple days ago. So it's not like in the 1800s, something that's happened happening currently in our world. And she's not going to be, she's not the first and she's not going to be the last. So what is it about the suffrage of women that gets everybody so fucking hot? Hmm? A woman needs to suffer so a man can be angry. Angry young man suffering young woman why do we love these emotions why do men get to be angry and expressive and difficult and women have to suffer in silence and be sad but also don't forget to get dinner on the table by five because i'm going to be really angry when i come home and if it's not there Oh boy, will you suffer. It's literally made. This is tailor-made. I used to be told all the time when I was a kid, oh, you're good Dave's kid, you're good Dave's kid. That's my dad's name. Because he was angry and so was I. I was frustrated and so was I. So, so was he. I was pissed off because I... I had this rage inside of me that I didn't know what to do with and I refused to be quiet. I refused to be un- be unseen. I refused to not express myself. But I was always told, oh God, you're so difficult. Oh, you're so, it's so hard to take care of you. It's like, no, you're just incompetent. Let's just say it like it is. You're just incompetent. You want a kid that's completely silent and doesn't do anything and doesn't bother you and that that AKA, AKA is a good kid? You want that kid? That has nothing to do with anything? It just came into this world for your convenience? The fuck are you talking about? And that's why I carry that rage. That rage is so common in women. And people wa- wonder why women are so angry all the time. 
and and like on dating sites and shit you get extra points for being bubbly and happy and i used to get complimented all the time and i know i'm not the only one oh my god by men you're so bubbly you're so happy you're so positive aka you make me feel good about myself you're easy to be around you don't question anything you're just happy go lucky you're a fucking idiot how fun how long can I play with you now? I want to play with you until I get bored and then you'll be happy when I throw you away too, right? Ugh. I will be single till the day that I die if it means avoiding these types of men. Now, I want a partner. I want a companion. I've, I've admitted that to myself as of late, begrudgingly. I want somebody in my life to share my life with that is true but to suffer for it that doesn't seem fun that doesn't seem like joy that doesn't seem like a life worth living i don't have to i don't want to suffer for it i have I've suffered greatly at the hands of every romantic relationship that I've ever been in, hoping that the person is the one for me, but secretly knowing that they're, they don't even come close. But the suffering's there. The enduring is there. I've mentioned this before, but this brown guy, typical, was praising his mom on twitter instagram and she was connected to like an iv and she was making food in the kitchen and he took a picture of her and says oh this is what a real mom looks like my mom the warrior and he got so much backlash like what the fuck your mom is literally has a health condition that cannot be hidden that is so out of control that she needs to be connected to an iv even at home to get you know, the medicine or whatever it is, and you're praising her for it? You're not helping her at all? You're telling her that because she's suffering, she's a good mom? And you're also telling the internet? How are men allowed to, like, be in positions of power? How have they been doing it? Well, they haven't. They've destroyed our world. Clearly. So, like... Suffering is like this sexy, like resume building. You know, we love that. We love when a woman suffers because we think she has to work for it. We believe that she has to show us how much she wants it. She has to endure a certain amount to make sure that we know she's worthy and then maybe she'll get one one hundredth of what she's expecting just as a treat, as a reward, you know? It's like when companies give you one hour lunch for fucking seven hours of consistent work. Here you go, dumb bitch. Are you happy? You should be. And it's like we're in this endless cycle of the, the harder I work, the more I suffer. I'll get the guy. I'll get the job, I'll get the family, I'll get the approval, I'll get the appreciation, I'll get the recognition. 
I'll get the children, I'll get the perfect house, I'll get everything that I want if I just give a little bit more away. If I just sacrifice a little bit more. If I just chisel a little bit more away at my soul, then maybe I'll be lovable. Maybe I'll be worthy of living of existing, of breathing. I liked Promising Young Woman. I know a lot of that movie gets a lot of fucking hate, but it's the anger. Any movie that centralizes around a woman's anger, I am interested in. I want to watch. I want to see what that looks like. I want to know what that feels like because I have never been validated in my anger. I've learned to validate myself, but nobody has ever said, I am so happy that you were angry because you saved our lives. And that is what is the truth. If I wasn't angry, if I wasn't pissed, if I wasn't fed up, the life that right now certain people are enjoying wouldn't be there. And it was off the back of my anger. It was off the back of my suffering. And a lot of women do that. Every single woman that I've ever met has built a life off of her suffering. She's had to. She's spun her suffering into gold. Because that's what is expected of her. God forbid that she suffers and then stands up and says, I wish I never fucking suffered. Well, I'm going to say it. I wish I didn't have to suffer. I wish I didn't have to get mad. I wish I didn't have to be sad. I wish I didn't have to go through depression and anxiety. I wish I didn't have ADHD. I wish I didn't have all of these problems inside of me to be heard and seen and recognized and appreciated. I wish I could just be myself. I don't even know who the fuck that is anymore. But I wish I could just be her. Just be her. Well, I'm working on it. (laughs) I'm working on just being. I tweeted the other day, like, I wish I just didn't have to strive. I wish I didn't have to suffer. I wish I didn't have to be working constantly to show my worth. I just got, I just went through a job interview process. Now you're thinking, see my job interview process. Don't you just have to go through an interview and then you, they tell you if you got it or not? No, no. These days, my young, naive friend, you have to go through like five interviews. You have to do an assignment all the, all, all the while being unpaid. And then they, they tell you after like weeks whether you are fit for that job or not. And it's, again... You know, we love to see people suffer. We love to see women toil for, you know, just crumbs. So I went through a process in, and this is not the first time I've been through this, actually. The first time I moved back from Ontario, from BC to Ontario, I had a job interview just like this. 
and I was overqualified for this specific specific job. I was getting all the signs. It was all like great. And then I did the assignment. By the way, this assignment was kind of out of the blue. They popped up. It they they sort of um, uh, gave it to me out of the blue. It wasn't something that was a requirement originally in the interview process. It was just something that she uh, was thrown on me. I was excited though. I was enthusiastic. I was game because you know I love to suffer, and anything that's easy, I question because I'm conditioned to question things that come in ease, things that come right away, things that. Um, I'm happy to do, I question automatically, you know, that age old saying, if it comes easy, it's probably, if it comes too easy, it's probably not the one, you know, you have to like, you know, it's, it's what we're taught. So I did the assignment, went through the interviews, nothing. I heard nothing. I handed in the assignment early. It was amazing. Um, I followed up nothing. Finally got like a two sentence email. It was useless. I asked for feedback. No response. It was, it was such a waste of energy and time and effort. Again, suffering doesn't pay. Enduring something that you know is not right doesn't pay. I'm I'm going to be real with you. In the beginning when she told me that an assignment was required, I had the inkling in my stomach like, "Oh, what? I didn't expect that." I actually smiled and said, "Yay, let me do it." But I really should have said, "Oh, what? I wasn't told by HR. That's that wasn't part of the requirements. She laid them out pretty clearly in terms of what what the process was and I asked her about it I should have gone with my gut but again I don't blame myself for it because I'm so conditioned to actually prefer suffering that to actually like it in this case to actually want it to choose it to be weary of a process that doesn't require it Why wouldn't I agree to it, right? Why wouldn't I be enthusiastic and passionate about it, about putting myself through the ringer for no compensation, just maybe the promise of a mediocre job at best for a loser company at best? You know what I mean? It's not even the job that I want for the company that I want. It's not any of it. But I still chose to suffer because it's better than nothing. Let's talk about that. Why do we suffer for things? Because I've already established that if we don't, like suffering is part of our condition. We believe that it's part of our human condition to suffer and endure, to be in pain constantly, to expect the worst to plan for the worst. It's just part of who we are now as a human, as a society, especially for women. 
we're supposed to be more tolerable to pain because we can give birth we have a uterus we have the capability to give birth so if we can do that then we can be put through anything right put me through anything i give birth to a fucking watermelon give me what you got give me the worst we ask for it like i said we prefer it we recognize it as being a trait of something worth having oh wow you have to you you're asking me to jump through hoops Oh my God, this must be, this must be great. You know, we want something that doesn't come easy. That's what we, again, we prefer things that take time. Not only take time, that put us through hell to get it. Because it's more satisfying when we get it. Oh my God, what a fucking piece of shit narrative that we've been teaching, that we've been taught, right? We don't get through hell if if the if the if it comes too easy we're skeptical whatever i've discussed all of this right so let's talk about i forget i i i don't remember what i wanted to talk about just like 2 minutes ago i don't i don't remember um so maybe i'll remember i'll circle back but Let's talk about ease. Let's talk about peace. Let's talk about stillness. Let's talk about nothingness. Let's talk about receiving. And how that all boils down to one word, entitlement. And when we put all of that under the umbrella of entitlement, it instantly makes us cringe it instantly makes us throw all of that away for the sake of not being entitled now if you're in, if you expect things off the backs of other people uh by exploiting people by manipulating people by abusing and hurting them by violating them that is not what i'm talking about i'm talking about knowing that you're worthy of basic human needs and expecting to get them expecting those needs to be fulfilled that's what i'm talking about in my mind basic human needs are money and not just enough to cover your bills i'm talking about real abundance I'm talking about self-esteem. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about partnership. I'm talking about soulmates. I'm talking about space. I'm talking about self-realization. Those to me are all human needs that are basic, basic human needs. And when we attach suffering or hardship as the only way to get those needs fulfilled we automatically in my mind put a noose around our neck we automatically think that those things are not worthy of just existing that we have to go above and beyond and jump through these hoops of fire to get needs that should be fulfilled easily 
calmly, peacefully, blissfully, happily enjoy as we are still. And that is what I believe. And that is what I hope to uncon- like uncondition in myself. But that also takes a lot of hope and faith in yourself to know and to believe that you are worthy of everything great and abundant just by being yourself. Like sitting on this couch right now, sitting in the sunshine, watching the trees sway, listening to the kids play in the park. I deserve like a hundred trillion dollars right now. (laughs) I deserve everything that I want and need and desire right at my doorstep, like an Amazon delivery. And I deserve the doorbell to be loud and ring clearly so I don't miss it. And then when I open the door, I deserve everything at my doorstep. Even saying that, makes me cringe even saying that makes me uneasy (laughs) right but it's true and i'm gonna let you in on a little secret all of the abundance that you want everything that you've ever wanted is actually right outside your door it's like we open the door we see the bag of abundance we see everything that we could ever want But then for some reason, we like run out the door and like run into traffic and like dodge the traffic and like suddenly bullets start coming to us, coming at us and like weird shit starts happening and we're like fighting and fighting and then years and years go by where we just continue to just dodge traffic that is life. And then we come back home tired and distraught and deflated and wounded And that bag is still sitting there, but of course we don't see it because we're too tired to see it. We forgot that it was there in the first place and we go upstairs into our bedrooms and then we go to sleep and then we wake up again and then we do the same thing over and over again. Right now, I'm talking about like really opening up the door one morning because you have all the chances. Again, I'm not talking about people that are and and this is a difficult concept because white people and the and the the dominant culture knows this. Right? Or even the 1%, they know this. They know how to unlock their abundance. They've been taught their whole lives, they've been told their whole lives they're great and that they don't have to do much. They've been given the rule book But the rest of us, we have been brainwashed to think that everything that we need and want and deserve is like always going to be out of reach. So we have to constantly be dodging bullets and dodging traffic and murdering our bodies and selves to get even a scrap of it. While all the while, we deserve 100% of it. If we just like stop and look outside our door. And realize there's a bag called money. There's a bag called dream job. There's a bag called dream partner. There's a bag called dream family. There's a bag called travel. There's a bag called beauty, art, interests, hobbies, perfect car, perfect apartment, perfect house, perfect country to live in. All of that stuff. Self-esteem, self-love, all of it, whatever. 
there's and it's all addressed to you it has your name on it it has your address on it hand delivered but we can't see it we can't unlock it i don't blame us because suffering is the key. We believe that suffering is the key to be unlocking that. So like I said, we're constantly dodging traffic. And this is so prevalent in women, especially because we're constantly told that we're so resilient. We're so tough. We're so like strong and we can endure. And we're so, you know, we can take all the pain, you know? So we ask for it. After a while, we ask for it. You're so quiet. You're so strong. You're so um, happy with just anything. Like, you're so low maintenance. You're so, you know, you, we don't have to do anything. And, and you just do this on your own. And, you know, we don't have to do it. We're, we just, she's just like a perfect job, blah, 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 all of that stuff, right? So we're told that, we're conditioned that. And then all, after a while, we start to, like, identify with that narrative. And then we don't ask for more. We, we don't want, you know, we don't, we don't dare choose the better partner. We don't dare choose the better job or the better, or be our own bosses or the better house or the better condo or the better country or the better team or the better, whatever. We don't, we don't do that. Because we're so we're told, we're brainwashed, we're beaten into submission every single day of our lives. And like being our mantra is you do so much with less. Good job. So we are less. And then maybe after a while, we start to want more. Because there's something inside of us, whether you call it feminine rage, feminine chaos, femininity, God, whatever. Something inside of us is, uh, I want more though. Maybe I don't want to just be a mom. Maybe I don't want to be a mom at all. I don't want to get married. I don't want to go to this school. I don't want to do this major. I don't want to live here. I don't want to drive this car. I don't want this boss. I don't want to be in this relationship. You know, we start to like want more. We start to want something else. And the world teaches us, okay, fine. You want something else? Cool. You're going to have to murder yourself for it. So what is the incentive? Either risk murdering yourself for it or just stay in what you're unhappy with. Not much of a choice, right? So for me, and then, and then we never unlock that abundance. We're constantly running in and out of traffic. We're constantly dodging bullets. We're constantly uh, bandaging our wounds and, and in survival mode and never really getting to the heart or the root of all of our unhappiness. We just think that this is the way of living and that all we're ever going to do is suffer and be in pain our whole lives. And then maybe we'll get to one, like I said, one one hundredth of what we want, if we're lucky. My sister used to say, jobs are not supposed to be enjoyable. They're just jobs. They're not supposed to be fulfilling. They're not supposed to be fun. They're, you're not supposed to like your job. You're supposed to just like make money. And I bought that for us for a while, right? 
you know, you don't identify, you should not identify with what you do. And they, and to a certain degree, like your job can't give you everything. If you think one thing can give you everything, you're diluting yourself. But like, that's a pretty grim way of looking at something that you do for eight hours. But I digress. So, you know, we missed the whole point. And now I'm kind of waking up and saying, oh, wow, I don't want to suffer anymore. I don't want to be in pain anymore. I don't want to give birth. I don't want to be in a marriage. I don't want things if they're going to bring me pain. I don't want to be in something that's going to be hard or difficult for me. You know, maybe it's not difficult for other people, but that stuff is difficult for me. Childbirth looks fucking atrocious. Being married to somebody and having that sort of institution dictate your actions sounds terrible. Being in a joint family sounds bad. Living with your in-laws sounds like a death sentence. Taking a vacation once a year sounds awful. Being, living with your parents sounds bad. Being under the same roof as the people that gave birth to you sounds awful. Just so many things. Being in a job that I hate is a crime to myself just all of these things and I'm okay with that I know people have told me like oh you have to like work for what you want okay I'm not afraid of that but it doesn't have to be hard it doesn't have to be like this um hell scape because I don't want it to be so now I'm sort of at this point where I'm in my house, I come down in the morning really slowly and, you know, I, I do my morning routine. And now instead of, you know, opening the door and running straight into traffic, I like go to my couch and I sit and I work or I, you know, do whatever I do. And... I just am. And, you know, sometimes I'll I'll get into situations like the latest one where I do r- run through some hoops, where I do um, where I catch myself just really preferring suffering. And... After that situation doesn't work out, because for me now, the more I suffer, the more unsuccessful I am. And so I go back and I say, what can I learn from this? Well, there's a lot of commonalities, but the main ones are it was too hard. It took too much effort that I wasn't willing to give uncompensated. It was giving into my desperation instead of listening to my intuition. And it was a lot of extra steps that I didn't want to do initially. So I shouldn't have done it. In my mind, it's a no-brainer. If it requires too much effort, if it requires too many steps, if it requires me to really grasp at straws, to really 
continue to show my worth if you don't know as an employer if you don't know somebody's worth in a couple of meetings you don't understand somebody's skill set from like what they're telling you how they're speaking to you all of that stuff in a couple of meetings you probably shouldn't be a leader you probably should go maybe a few steps back and question the way that you operate I don't know why you're here. I don't know why you're in charge of people. Um, Same goes for romantic relationships. If you're in a relationship and you constantly are feeling that you have to prove yourself and that you have to do things to get love and to get recognition and appreciation and that you're only congratulated when you do something really, really hard and that where you're really like in a pickle and that's when they really show up for you but any other time you're just like taking advantage you're being taken advantage of or you're being manipulated or you're just being ignored these are true fire signs for me to to get out of that relationship to to leave it to disregard it to really communicate what I want and need and feel And if that's not, you know, that's not something that's worth discussing, then to, you know, I know where the door is. Thank God I have an escape route. But the whole kind of point of this is to really look for ease, is to look for something that really coats my soul in this silky, soft, peaceful way where I can really shine. For me, I don't shine in anxiety. When I'm anxious, I am a shell of a person. When I'm told that I have to do a million billion things to prove that I am capable and smart and and talented and beautiful and worth loving and worth being around, et cetera, et cetera, I don't show up to the challenge. I I don't. I I I will fail in your eyes. I will not be that person for you. I'm sorry. Because I don't work like that. I don't operate like that. So for me, I guess the last few things I'll say is I look for ease. I look for peace. I look I look to be in spaces where I am appreciated and loved and recognized and understood for who I am and what I am in my entirety. And for me to actually be in those spaces, I have a responsibility to show up in my entirety, authentically, truthfully, in all I am. I don't have to orphan parts of myself to be loved and to be accepted and to be hired and to be paid and to be recognized and to be successful and all of that. I can just be exactly who I am what I am all I am I love you peace